on-demand coverage. This is the PFT PM Podcast. And now, your host, Mike Florio. It's a Groundhog Day edition of the PFT PM Podcast. And if you've been listening the past few days, it's going to feel like Groundhog Day because we're following the same format. Interview-only editions as we wrap up here at the Mall of America in Bloomington, Minnesota. A crazy scene here today. People everywhere. It's like trying to get into or out of an NFL game. There are people everywhere, but it's been a great time, and we've loved our time here. It's almost over, but before I exit the Mall of America until next time, I don't think it's going to be for another Super Bowl anytime soon, but I may come back and visit. We've got four different interviews to share with you today. I'm going to start with two gentlemen who will eventually be owning and running the L.A. Chargers. For now, they simply run the business operations and the football operations. John Spanos, the president of football operations, and his brother, A.G. Spanos, the president of business operations had a chance to talk to them earlier today about the Chargers move to LA and the future for a franchise that nearly made it to the playoffs in 2017. Welcome back to Pro Football Talk Live at the Mall of America in advance of Super Bowl 52. We're technically off the air, but we have ways to make this information available to you. And we've got plenty of great guests still to come on this Friday edition of our coverage. Joining me now from the Los Angeles Chargers, President of Football Operations, John Spanos, and right next to me, President of Business Operations, A.G. Spanos, of the Los Angeles Chargers. Slightly different here in Minnesota than Los Angeles. A little bit. We walked in and I took a screenshot of the uh, weather app on my phone. It said negative eight degrees. So yeah, it's a little different. But you know what? It's great because it's not like it happens all the time. And we're not outside. If we had an outdoor set, it would be different. But we're inside and it's warm. And uh, we're looking forward to coming to Los Angeles before too long. The stadium, how, how's everything coming with that? Because the, the opening was delayed by a year. About a year ago it was that we found out it was pushed back. Everything on track moving forward. Yes, we had weather last year. We had a lot of rainfall. And of course, the stadium's built 100 feet into the ground. And that basically became a lake, which delayed construction. So we'll, we'll open up uh, football in 2020 in the new stadium. So. The, uh, the experience until then at the StubHub Center, slightly different than what you're used to, slightly different than what most fans are used to. What was the best part of playing in a fairly small venue in 2017? I think there were actually a lot of positives about it. I mean, first of all, starting with the experience for the fans, right? I mean, I think this day and age, you know, how good the viewing is on TV at home, you have to provide a really quality game experience for the fans. And the feedback we got from our fans um, that came to the game was very overwhelmingly positive, right? It's a um, tremendous sight lines from every seat, right? There's not a bad seat in the house. I mean, ingress, egress, concessions, a um, lot of positives. And, and the atmosphere for every game was, was very exciting, very electric, you know. Um, I, I can honestly say, you know, we had a couple games where we had a lot of opposing fans, which is nothing new. We've had that, you know, years in the, in the past as well. But even in those games, it was an awesome atmosphere inside of the stadium. And I think our players kind of liked, liked playing in, a, in an environment. Um, you know, I know our coach made the comment that for some of the guys, it, it you know, brought them back to kind of days when they first started playing football where you play for the love of the game and kind of that kind of throwback feel. So I think it were a lot of positive. So Absolutely. It's a great venue. I mean, I can't thank AEG staff for enough for the job they did to get it ready. A lot of the, the, the staff there had never hosted a football, America, you know, in a National Football League game before. So um, they did a great job to get it ready in a, a few short months. And John, you mentioned your coach, Anthony Lynn, her first year on the job. Impressive, all things considered. What do you expect him to do 
in his second full season running the team. Yeah, well, you know, obviously when you look at this past year, it's never going to be considered a complete success having not reached the playoffs and not gotten where we want to go. But I think there were a lot of positives to take from this year, especially the way we finished, right? I mean, to go 9-3 and three the last 12 games, um, things were really clicking and meshing. And, you know, sometimes it takes time. You know, we had a new, new head coach, um, you know, two new coordinators, special teams and defensive coordinator, a uh, number of new players. So it took a lot of time, I think, for everyone kind of to, to create that natural mesh and, and flow. So if we can build on that, add some more pieces, um, I think there'll be a lot of exciting things. I give Coach a lot of credit because, you know, when you're 0-4, it's not easy, right? It's not easy in the building. Um, but, but his demeanor throughout that time was so impressive. And that really, I think, set the tone, right, for the team, for everyone, no panic. And um, that was really encouraging. So we're excited for 18. One thing I've heard, guys, over and over is it's critical to get the team to buy in to the new head coach. And surely at some point this year, after starting 0-4, it clicked in the locker room. It clicked on the practice field that we're going to listen to what Anthony Lynn is telling us. We're going to follow what he is trying to get us to do because it works. As you said, 9-3 and over the last 12 games. The proof is there. And you use that as the springboard into 2018. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and, I, and I think a lot of his, um, he's a very genuine leader, right? He's honest, he's open. And being a former player who played in the game, you know, he's won Super Bowls as a player. I think that helps in terms of that credibility and that buy-in that you're talking about. When he walks into a room, just everyone jumps to attention, whether he's talking to the players or he's talking to a football staff or partners or whoever. He's just captivating. He's got a presence to him. I've seen him in different places, and you kind of notice – there's just something about the way he carries himself, the way he moves, and you gotta have that. I say that's the most important thing. X's and O's, a lot of people can do it. But can you go into that room and command that room? And do you need someone else to say, hey, coach is here, everybody listen up, or do you walk in the door and everything stops and you hear a pin drop? And I think you've got that in Anthony Lynn, and now you build the team around him and you see where it goes. I would agree. Okay, so quarterback position. I had Russell Wilson on my program this year. He said he wants to play to 45 just like Tom Brady. A week later, Phillip Rivers was on. He said, I'm not going to be playing when I'm 45. I'm going to be coaching my son's high school team. How can you have an effective succession plan when you have a franchise quarterback? Do you want to have overlap, or do you just want to wait until your current franchise quarterback is gone and then start over again from scratch? Well, I think it starts with doing our work, right? And every year we do, um, whether it's a draft or free agency, but doing our work on all the quarterbacks available, right? And, and we prepare for the draft at every position very thoroughly, but we have been the last several years at quarterback, and we will continue to do so. Um, you know, like you mentioned, we know, you know, Phillip's not going to play forever. Now, the good news is my conversations with him and talking with him, he feels great. I know he's really excited uh, for, for 2018. Um, so we'll see. I, I think you sometimes, like, for example, people always say, are you going to take a quarterback this year in the draft? Well, you know, you can't always control who's going to be available when you're on the clock. But you do all your work and you prepare and, and you kind of see how it unfolds. But that's the key, too, when it's time to use that pick, right? You balance it versus a guy who can maybe help you now. And from Philip Rivers' perspective, he's got to be thinking, hey, wh why would you use a second round, third round, first round, fourth round pick on a quarterback? Get somebody who can help me and help us get to where we want to be, which I'm sure is part of the tension in any organization when you have the luxury of having one of the better quarterbacks. The good thing is we're all on the same page. And, and, and from talking with Philip, you know, the organization's on board and excited just like he is with, you know, this window that he has left and really making a run at this thing and seeing if we can reach our goal, which is ultimately winning the world championship. You guys have had injury issues in past years. This year, 
it wasn't as bad. Better. Yeah, it was Okay, better. is it luck or is there something that you think you're doing differently to help these guys avoid missing time with injury? You know, it's a great question. It's something that we talk about regularly. We do studies on injury numbers. We look at the teams who have been um, relatively more healthy compared to the rest of the league and try to see what they're doing. Uh, we made a total of 10 changes this year in regard to player health and safety. Some small, some bigger, um, but we like to think that, you know, that had an impact on us having one of our healthiest years in a long time. So I think there are certain things you can do, but to a certain degree, there's no doubt luck is blood plays a role. So now here's where you list all 10 changes you made because nobody else is paying nah, attention yeah, to this. I, I'll, I'll tell you <laughs> off air. I'll mention a couple to you off air. Um, so what's, what's the narrative this year about the team's return to L.A.? Because technically it was a return to L.A. That, that bothered you guys the most. Because there's a lot of negativity out there about the stadium and is it empty and look at all the Raiders fans, look at all the Eagles fans. What, what narrative bothered you the most? I think the one that, well, we sold out all, all, seven of the eight regular season games. And I think the, the you know, the problem, the issue was that the press box looks right at uh, the visiting sideline, which is in the sun, which, you know, prior, you know, at halftime is going to vacate and people are going to wait and then come back right before. And we've also seen that a lot of people like to meander and walk through the stadium concourse. It's a cool venue. If you haven't seen it, it has sort of two stadium bowls at a great activation area. And so, um, you know, there was there was some some unfair shots and people didn't want to listen to the narrative that that, you know, the stadium was full. I think Players. that in our business, you're going to have um, you know, some people who have agendas who want to cover things a certain way. Not everybody, obviously, in the media. but um, And I think what we realize internally is you can't worry about that, right? You got to just worry about what you can control, right? And there were a lot of real positive things from this year. Like my brother said, we sold out all our season tickets right away. Um, our training camp attendance was unbelievable. Um, we talked about the experience at StubHub and um, you know selling out seven of the eight, and in that other one we were 99 point something percent sold out. So um, filled the stadium very well. Uh, I thought our fans really came and showed up, especially as we started winning. Uh, you know the Eagles game when that happened, we hadn't won a game, and Eagles fans, you know, they travel really well. Um, I know they played the Rams, and, and they had some similar experiences in that game. And and you look at NFL in LA. Okay, there hasn't been a team in over 20 years, right? LA is a really huge area. You have tens of thousands of fans of every team in LA, right? It's a very transient city. So you're going to have a lot of opposing fans living in LA as a market. And it's going to take time and winning, right? To get where we want to go and to really build the fan base we want to build. I can go back to when the late, you know, probably the Lakers and the Dodgers are viewed as the most prominent LA brands, right? But when the Lakers moved from right here, right, Minneapolis. Um, they didn't initially get there and have the fan base they have right now. Same goes for when the Dodgers moved from Brooklyn. So um, I think I look at this past year and I think it was very successful. And, and I think that really is the key. And it's tough when you're talking about a zero-sum proposition like the National Football League, where for every winner of a game, there's a loser of a game. There has to be bad teams for there to be good teams. The way you're going to fill up any stadium, no matter how big or small on a consistent basis, is to win. But setting aside that reality, bigger picture, two teams in the LA market do you think both teams can thrive over the long haul or will there be a zero-sum game there where one team is going to be the winner and the other team is going to be either the loser or not win as big I, I think the go, go ahead. ahead you go <laughs> the market is big enough for two two NFL teams the market's big enough for you know however it is is 13 or 14 professional sports teams um, it's just a unique market it's second largest media market in the uh, in the United States and um, you know we've just got to focus on what 
you know, ourselves. We've got to focus on winning and running a good organization and everything else will take care of itself. Yeah, certainly all, I think all the studies that have been done have showed that absolutely can support two teams. Well, I was excited because the way the Super Bowl rotation was working, NBC's next Super Bowl was going to be at your new stadium, but thanks to the stadium becoming a lake a year ago, we'll be in Tampa in three years, but we'll definitely be there in Los Angeles in four years when that Super Bowl is hosted. I'll bring a Chargers jersey. When in Rome, I like this. I have you look to good. accept that. I'm sure you're getting when, a lot of positive feedback. Yeah, in, oh, especially in the mall. here in Minnesota, absolutely. And just think of how it would be if the Vikings had actually made it. So you guys will have a chance. Maybe it'll be Chargers Rams. I would like four that. years from now. I would, like would be some. I would so, gladly welcome that. Thanks for your time. All the best moving forward. And we hope to talk to you again down the road. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Thanks again to the Spanos brothers for their time and all the best to the Chargers as they try to establish a foothold in LA where. There's another NFL team, plus plenty of other things there to compete with eyeballs and dollars. The Atlanta Falcons compete as well as anyone in the NFC. They were one of the most feared teams in the playoff field this year. They ultimately made it to the final eight, losing to the Eagles in Philadelphia. Devontae Freeman, star running back of the Falcons, visited with us earlier in the day on Friday. Here's my conversation with Falcons running back Devontae Freeman. We are here at the Mall of America Pro Football Talk. The show is off the air, but we're still capturing as many interviews as we can with some of the great players from the NFL. Joining us now, one of the great running backs of the Atlanta Falcons. He is Devontae Freeman. Devontae, welcome back. How are you, pal? I'm fine. Thank you for having me. I, hey, I, uh, I saw that after the, uh, the season ended, there was some news. You got a little issue with your knee that you played through, and I admire that. I respect that. The MCL, the PCL, how's that doing right now? I'm getting better. Um, processing. I just went to go get a second opinion. Um, thank God I didn't have to get surgery. So uh, now I just got to rehab and get it back stronger uh, and be ready for next season. You think you'll be ready for the offseason program? Possibly. Uh, but I'm going to take my time and let it heal so I won't have to deal with little nicks and knacks throughout the season because that's the most important time for me. So uh, I'm going to take my time, let it heal, get stronger. And uh, I need to be free when I'm out there on the field. And you guys, you know, considering everything you went through last year in the Super Bowl, you guys had a great season. And I, and I think the Falcons were a team that a lot of the teams in the NFC were fearful of in the postseason because yeah. of the experience you guys have, because of the talent you guys have. Where's the arrow pointing right now for the Falcons? Up. Only up. Uh, we, we still could grow. Like, I, I don't know if I'm going to keep saying this every year, but I feel like I haven't hit my prime yet. You know, uh, we, we should. We struggled this year a little bit, but we still had a hell of a year, you know, so I feel like we just continue to work hard and get better. And as long as we got a lot of guys with that, I want to get better mentality, then we're going to have so much success on this team. Give me something tangible that will help you hit your prime, some way that you want to get better in your game. First off and always, you know, but a specific, I could say just, you know, (laughs) thank you. I could just say uh, making guys miss, blocking. My thing is what I do, whoever we playing against, that determines on what type of run I'm going to be that week. You know, and that's what I focus on. You know, so I just try to get better at that and studying defenses and knowing them in and out. Uh, be fast when you have to be fast. Be strong when you have to be strong. Run between the tackles when you need right. to. And you've got the versatility right. that you can say, here's where I'm going to be the most effective against this, this team. team. That's what I'm doing this week. That's what I'm doing this week. And, and you can do it all. For that. I could do it all. And I'm going to prepare for that, that whole entire week. 
the uh, the way the season ended this year, the loss to Philadelphia, everybody expected you guys to go in and win the game. Did that did that make it harder that you guys are the sixth seed? You're going to play the one seed in their own building, and you guys were favored to win. Did that in any way make it just kind of a weird experience for you guys to go to Philly and play? Not at all. I think I personally think it's it's the game. I don't get up or down for no game. I treat and approach every game just the same. Uh, and just have fun with it. You know, the outcome is the outcome. The work I put in throughout the week make me comfortable going into every game. You know what I mean? So I know I'm most prepared, especially when, you know, season time because I'm more focused and I'm ready to win. You know, so I, I'm preparing myself every single day, you know, so I could feel confidence in the game. You know, fans go through that process of, of dealing with disappointment after a loss, and they feel weird for a few days, and then yeah. maybe after a week everything's fine. Yeah. For you last year after the Super Bowl, how long did it take until you felt normal again? I'm a t I'm a, I'm a, when it comes to football, I'm a short-term memory guy. You know, I, I got to get over it real quick. If I don't, it'll mess with me throughout the whole year. I thought about it the whole year. I thought about the loss. How can we get back to win? Uh, but in NFL, you everybody good. Everybody got film. Everybody game planning. Teams getting better, you know. So we got to continue to get better, and this is going to get harder and harder. So uh, with the loss, we just got to move on to the next one. Will and it fix help? It. Will it help this year to be in year two with Steve Sarkeesian as the offensive coordinator? Because surely that's an adjustment when you go from Kyle Shanahan to Sarkeesian. I think so, no doubt, like a hundred percent. I think that. We'll grow together. We're going we're gonna to continue to grow together. We're going to continue to get better. Um, the sky's the limit for him, our team as a whole. And like I say, the arrow is just up from here. How different is the Super Bowl from a regular game? To be honest, it's, it's just Super Bowl. That's the title of the game, Super Bowl. That's it. When the whistle blow, when the kickoff goes, it's the same thing. We're approaching every play the same. Nothing changed with football everything around football change. Because at the end of the day, you got the game, you got to play between the white lines and between the whistles. That's the same, that's gonna always be football. Everything else is, is beautiful, it's hype. Does that, does that long halftime as a practical matter, does it affect you as a player? What do you do to deal with 25 minutes plus instead of 12? I really didn't think about it. Because you know, most of the times I'm getting retake, you know, I'm getting something worked on. So that just gave me more time to feel better and, you know, recover a little bit faster and then go back out. I saw Sean Payton roaming around here today. Have you run into him yet? I haven't run into him. Are yet. you going to give him the choke sign when you see him? No. Nah. I mean, nah. it's, it's fitting, right? They, yeah. they had it they had it one, right? <laughs> nah. He cool. Like, I, don't, I don't got no issue. Did you get mad when you saw him? Did you realize he was doing that to you during that game when you were, you were playing? Uh, and, and at the end of the game, he gave you your choke sign? It happened so fast, I saw it, and I didn't pay attention. And then the next play, we was just talking smack to each other. Yeah. But, like, I took it as, like, he a competitor. He's just not playing football. He a competitor coach. That's why he's been around so long. Uh, and I'm a competitor athlete, so I'm a – I'm the one that talks Mac all game, you know. I like, but but I like it. It's never to go to that next level outside of football. It's just within the. There's white a line. Lines. You know where the line is. Yeah, it's within the white lines. I mean, it could always go to that next level, but you know, we keep professional. So I always talk Mac. But if I see him, what's up, Cole? How you doing? Hey, you know, next year Super Bowl is going to be in your new stadium. Vikings had a chance; they almost got there. Does that that give you a little extra 
the idea of we could be the first team to ever do this. I know you want to get there every year, but next year especially, we can be in our stadium for the Super Bowl. It's definitely possible. Uh, like, the sky's the limit for this team. Like, the whole organization. Uh, just Atlanta and Ho, we growing. We getting better. Uh, we getting better flights with Delta. You know, Delta getting better. There you go. And we just having fun. Like, we, we trying to take over everything. And I was going to mention that. Delta, the official airline of the Falcons and Mercedes-Benz Stadium, they uh, are who's responsible for you being here today. Tell us a little bit more about what you, what you have going on with Delta. Uh, my relationship with Delta is just phenomenal. This is an opportunity. It's, 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 uh, I'm, I'm thankful to be a part of the organization. And, uh, you know, in Atlanta, we got one of the biggest airports, one of the most biggest, I mean, busiest airports. And, you know, Delta holds, like, the most flights there. And, you know, we're just going to continue to get better flights. And we fly with them every week. Uh, they also, you know, fly New England. So they flew both of us to the Super Bowl last year. Phenomenal food, phenomenal assistance. Can't go wrong. With that, I fly Delta all the time, too. I'm silver medallion. Can you get me upgraded to gold? Hey, it's a process. I can try my best. <laughs> All right. Hey, Devontae, the process continues for your career. You've been great. You've been fun to watch. It's always great talking to you. Wish you all the best going forward. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thanks to Devontae Freeman and again to Delta. Got to work on that silver medallion upgrade to gold. We'll see what we can do there. Also, we talked to another running back who just getting started in the NFL but already generating MVP buzz, Gatorade presented Todd Gurley, the Rams running back. Here's my conversation with Gurley from earlier in the day on Friday. It's Pro Football Talk live at Mall of America in advance of Super Bowl 52. Technically off the air, but plenty of interviews still to be done. And joining us now, an MVP candidate three years into the NFL with the Los Angeles Rams. He is great running back Todd Gurley. Todd, welcome to the program. How are you, buddy? Man, I'm good, man. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Not as well as you, though. You had a hell of a third year, and uh, you had a great rookie year last year. But this year, man, Sky was the limit for you for Jared Goff what's yeah. the biggest reason everything clicked for the Rams this year um yeah man like you said we got got a new coach added some more pieces um to the offense man and, and like you said just everybody just kind of locked in and everything just started clicking man you know obviously we, we had a new coach with, with coach McVay and he came in with his staff and you know we just kind of followed his lead and you know everything he did so far was 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 great for us, man. So um, definitely happy to have him with us with the Rams, and looking forward to working with him, you know, for some years. And Todd, looking back to last year, how much of a factor was the move in how things went for the team? Because it was a rough year, but you're moving mm -hmm. from Missouri to Los Angeles, and everything that goes along with it. Do you think that was a factor? Um, not really, not really. Um, I don't think it was much of a factor because you know, at the end of the day, it's football. But I mean. You do worry about other stuff off the field, but I don't really think, you know, I don't use that as an excuse to, to how we performed on the field, you know. Moving out don't have not, nothing to do with that. You got guys that get traded, you know, from team to team, you know, all the time. So, yeah, um, but you had 90 guys get traded from one city <laughs> yeah, to another. Yeah, exactly. So, but, um, no, nah, I don't think that was I don't think that was a factor. You know, we just didn't play good enough, and, you know, we, we just didn't get the job done that year. I get the impression that your coach, Sean McVay, is the kind of guy who takes the, the players that he has and yeah. says, how do I get the most out of them? Give yeah. me a nuts and bolts example of what he did with Todd Gurley to get the most out of everything you can do. Well, um, just, you know, when I first met, you know, sat down with him, man, he's just playing, you know, old tape from the rookie year. And he's just like, I can't wait. I can't wait to see this again. You know, I can't wait to see this again. And, you know, just, just seeing what he'd done and watched him, you know, we see D-Jack and Pierre have 1,000 yards. And like I said, we see um, Chris Thompson, one of the best, you know, third down backs in the league. Rob Kelly was balling out. And then you got a guy in Jordan Reed. So 
once you see once you see that on film, you know, we start looking at each other like, oh man, it's going this going to be a fun year because you know we we know we have the talent. We've been we've been playing ball our whole life. You know, we're some of the you know the best of the best. You know, everybody in the league is the best of the best. But you know, for him to come in and and do what he did. Um, put his offense in, and like I said, we just kind of follow his lead and let the rest take care of itself. Was his youth an issue at all for you guys? Because, I mean, youngest yeah. coach ever, at least in modern NFL history, 30 when he got the job, turned 31 a couple weeks later. Did it take some time for you guys to just get to the point where you would accept taking direction from a guy that young? No, man. Um, a coach, just, he just came in with, a, with, with a, a great level of respect. And, you know, that's what it's all about in this world. You know, for the most part, you know, you get a new coach, you're just like, oh, man, he's about to get rid of everybody on the team. We finna be doing this. We finna be doing this. But he just came in with, a, with such a great attitude. He, he's a great person, great coach. And we just, he, we just developed, everybody developed that, that level of respect with him, you know, from that first day. Two years in L.A. now, Todd. What sense do you get as to how the fans there are embracing your team? Um, yeah, like, you know, that first year was, was definitely tough. You know, you know, if you don't win, why would someone come to your game? You know, that's just, that's just how it works, you know, with any sport. But, um, you know, they, they've definitely been embracing us, man. Um, you know, obviously we were there before. And for them just to, to be here the whole year and just had the support and, and come to the Coliseum, I know it's so much crazy traffic in L.A. and different situations. But for, for, them, for those guys to stick around the whole year and, and support us means a lot. And, you know, we're just going to keep growing, keep getting some more wins and, and, and keep growing, growing as a fan base. And you guys had a tremendous turnaround from 4-12 and 12, division championship. Yeah. No one really saw it coming. How do you assess the season overall? Because ultimately you get a home game in the postseason. Yeah. It didn't work out the way you wanted, yeah. but still, it's a great mm -hmm. year. There's a lot to build on. How do you take the end result of the season and say, here's how we get to the next level? Yeah, um, for sure. You're most definitely, you know, disappointed after the, the, the first, you know, um, playoff game at home. But like you said, you got to look back at where you – where you came from and, and, and how you finish. And that's why you love football, man. You know, you, you go through the rough times to enjoy the great times like we did this year. And, you know, came into the came into the playoff game, didn't get it done, and played against a great Atlanta team, man. So, you know, next year we're hungry. You know, we, we know that feeling, and no one want to have that feeling again. So, you know, next year you'll be, if, we, if I come back up here and we lose, you're going to be talking about how do you guys not get it done again. So we definitely don't want to have that feeling. You know, just take it day by day and just get better every day. The MVP talk started for you during the season because you were just phenomenal. But, you know, it feels like it's a quarterback award. Yeah. Is, it, is it a realistic goal on your radar screen to disrupt that quarterback club and say, hey, running back can still win yeah. MVP? I mean, yeah, it is now because, I mean, I'm in, the, I'm in the conversation. I'm in the mix. So it's like, why not try to go get that award? Why not, you know, why not win it and why not try to win it? Um, against one of the, 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 the best quarterback of all time. So, um, you know, it's definitely a blessing just to be in a position I'm in, man. So I'm definitely excited about that. But, hey, man, we running backs. We're trying to take it over. Was, hopefully, hopefully the next five years it's just all running backs, no more quarterbacks. And, you know, every player is trying to find a way to get better in the yeah. offseason. Give me some something specific that you know you can get better at, that you're going to push yourself this offseason to improve at. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know I can get better at um, a lot of things, man, whether if it's just, just knowing, you know, what my lineman is going to be doing, just just knowing protections way before the, 
before the center gets the, the mic point or golf get the mic point. So just making my job a lot easier and then making everybody else on the team job a lot easier, whether if it's just, you know, um, film preparation, just knowing defenses a lot more or whether if it's on the field. You know, I can definitely work on work on my routes a little better. I can work on, you know, running the outside zone a little better. I can work on running the inside zone a little better. So there's always work to be improved on. Still left a lot of yards on the field and touchdowns. So. You know, that's why, that's why I love this game, man. So you can go back and try to re redeem yourself. What's the longest you'll go in the offseason without touching a football? Honestly, I don't really be touching the football that much in the offseason, honestly. Um, I guess I'm about a month. Yeah. I guess about a month. About a month. I'm, I'm not like the receivers. Like, you know, they're always, like, catching yeah. the ball. I don't know. For me, it's more just like, you know, well, it's hard to work out when yeah. you're carrying a football yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, you're carrying yeah, a ball yeah, with Gatorade yeah. around, though, when yeah, you work yeah, out. you got to be doing I'm that. Good. Tell us I, what you got going on with Gatorade. Man, you know, obviously, partnering up with, with Gatorade. You know, they have the new Gatorade flow, four different flavors. My favorite flavor, man, is the pineapple mango. Such a smooth. It goes down way smoother, you know, than regular, just regular Gatorade. Everybody just thinks of regular Gatorade or Geach 2, but they got the new Gatorade flow. It's available at Gatorade.com and, and stores everywhere. And here's how popular Gatorade is. Back 20 years ago when I used to run a lot, yeah. I can't run anymore now because of that. <laughs> we'd go on long runs to prepare for a marathon, and we'd go out the night before and stash Gatorade bottles so we'd have something to drink. Yeah. Somebody stole them. Hey. So that's how popular it is. Exactly, man. Gatorades, <laughs> man, especially when you wake up in the middle of that night, you, 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 you're thirsty, you got to take a sip of Gatorade. Well, hey, uh, the Rams are hard to stop, and it's great to see what you guys have done this year, Todd. We wish you all the best. Good luck moving forward. Look forward to talking to you down the road. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks again to Todd Gurley. And last but surely not least, the guy who hands the football off to Gurley in Los Angeles, Jared Goff, presented by Buffalo Wild Wings, a conversation with a guy that we spoke to a couple of years ago before he was drafted. Got together with him again for the first time since then. Jared Goff on the ascension of the Rams and much more. We are here at the Mall of America still. It's Pro Football Talk Live. And even though the show's off the air for the week, there are plenty of great guests still making their way around. How about this guy? One of the great young quarterbacks in the NFL had a tremendous 2017 season with the Rams as they turned it around and won the NFC West. He's Jared Goff. Jared, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me. But it's been a crazy ride because I remember two years ago, you were, you were coming out of Cal. Hadn't been drafted yet. You made the rounds at the Super Bowl then. And uh, what's the last two years been like for you? Yeah, it's been wild. It doesn't seem like that long ago, though. It kind of all goes by so fast. And uh, it's been wild, but it's been fun. I've enjoyed it. You seem different. Well, and everybody's different after two yeah. years. But you kind of have that, I'm an NFL quarterback now, right? At the yeah. time, nobody knows how it's going to work out. You don't know what team you're going to go to. But uh, when was the moment that you realized, you know what, I, I, can, I can do this. I can, I can be this guy that they need me to be. I think you, you realize early on in your first year, you know, you kind of get drafted and go through training camp and through OTAs, and you kind of, okay, you know, I can play with these guys, and you, it, it comes pretty quickly, and I think um, I've always been a guy that has pretty good confidence in myself, and so that came pretty fast, yeah. When you saw Case Keenum do what he did this year yeah. for the Vikings, how, how surprised were you? I wasn't surprised. No, I wasn't. I think uh, he's a tremendous player and, and was a tremendous player with us, and um, he got his chance, and, and that's all. I, that's all he needed. And I, I wasn't surprised. You know, every every Sunday it seemed like he was making plays, and people were you know ooing and on. I'm like, well, I've seen that in practice, and um, hell of a player, hell of a guy. You know, one of my favorite teammates. Give me the one thing you learned from him that's helped you the most in your time in the NFL. Uh, I think you know early on I learned how good he was with anticipation. I don't know if he, he would say he's got the strongest arm ever, but his anticipation is off the charts, and uh, I think that helped him a lot this year. And 
seeing him do that in practice, I learned, you know, maybe I don't have to throw it so hard every time. You know, you can, you can throw a little touch on it and, and, and have a little bit of anticipation and um, definitely something he's really good at. Yeah, it seemed to me that he was always very good at, at buying a little extra time yep. and always keeping his eyes down the field no matter what's going on around him. And it, it seems like something you either have or you don't. It's yep. hard to learn, you know, to be aware of your surroundings but always know when that guy's going to spring wide open down the field. Yeah, no, for sure. That's something he's really good at is, you know, buying time and, they had a good old line this year, gave him some time, and he sat back there, had some good players around him, and, and did a great job. What part of your game do you think has improved the most since you entered the NFL? Uh, probably the mental side of it, probably the mental aspect, uh, you know, just understanding defenses and understanding protections and understanding offense and understanding everything and just kind of starting to see the game from more 22, 22 players instead of, you know, just your one position and um, just learning, just learning. What other quarterbacks do you study? Man, I, I watched I watched so much Kirk Cousins the last few years with with Washington's offense with Sean and then um, Matt Ryan's another guy we watched a lot of with Atlanta's offense. So those two guys are probably the guys I've watched the most. And you know, I told Kirk I've, I've probably seen every snap he's played in the last three years, and he's tremendous. I don't think he gets enough credit for what he's done and some of the throws he made that we've seen on film. Like, damn, you know, you rewind it and watch it again. It's unbelievable. Why do you think he doesn't get more credit? I don't know. Because guys like you don't like to talk about them. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, part of it is, and you know how this goes, it's a function of winning. The winning teams are the ones that get sure. spoken about more. And the quarterback gets too much credit when things go well and Absolutely. too much blame when things don't. Yep. No, that, that, that's definitely part of it. Yep. Now, Sean McVay, your first impression of him when this 31-year-old kid comes in and takes over your team last year. Yeah, he's been tremendous. I think, you know, just from day one when he got in the door, you see the culture he's changed and um, – offensively obviously what he's done and excited about the future man excited about what he's going to bring with us for the next however many years he's with me and um, you know excited about what we got going on yeah and back to Kirk Cousins you know there's a chance he ends up in Arizona it sounds like you're hoping he doesn't no yeah I'm hoping he doesn't he's a hell of a player I've got I'm a big fan of his and um, big fan of what he's done you guys have a division now that I mean, there was a while that, that it was the 49ers and the Seahawks that ruled it. Then the Cardinals come up. Now the Rams are there. They're, they're all, and you know, you ask a Cardinals player. I've talked to Patrick Peterson, David Johnson. They think they're in it as well. The 49ers are turning around. You guys are going to have some battles coming up in the NFC West in the coming years. For sure. No, it's it's starting to rise all around the division. And um, Seattle's still no slouch. I think, you know, they didn't make the playoffs this year, but that was the first time in, what, six years or something for them. So um, it's tough. It's a tough division, and uh, we'll be tough, you know, six games for all of us what do you take from the playoff game against the Falcons as a building block for 2018 or motivation or anything that helps you guys get to the next level I think you just understand you know how important it is you know taking care of the ball and and, and you know controlling the clock and converting on third downs all the things that you kind of focus on all year how really important those are and um, unfortunately we weren't we weren't at our best that day and, and Atlanta played a great game Atlanta played a great game and and beat us and um, did their thing how much do you think the experience of being in the postseason this year will help the next time you guys get an opportunity to play there? It'll help. It'll help. You know, just just anytime you can play in those big game atmospheres. I think we had a few of them this year, you know, with the Eagles and here in Minnesota, and, and we had the Saints game at home. So we did have a few of those big games. But, uh, you know, that, that playoff game was, was, was fun, and it was a good atmosphere. And anytime you can get in more of those atmospheres, the better. You guys caught a lot of people by surprise last year by going from 4-12 and 12 to division championship. This year... They're not, they're not going to be surprised. Yeah. They're, they're going to be ready for You're going to have more primetime games. Is, is, it, is it good to be a team that's perceived as near the top, or would you rather be that team that you, you, you are catching everyone by surprise, maybe they're overlooking you, and you can, you can sneak up on them <laughs> yeah, that way? No, I, I think that's, 
a little bit overplayed sometimes because every every week you never know what's going to happen. I mean, it doesn't matter who you're playing. Every team is professional football players, and um, I think we'll be hopefully approached the same way we were approached this year. And obviously, you know, we will have a little bit more recognition around the league, I'm sure, but um, it won't change our approach, and I'm sure it won't change the other teams' approach. But don't, don't you have guys who get a little more juiced for, you know, if you're playing a good team versus just, ah, that's the team we're supposed to beat? Yeah. I mean, it happens, but uh, you don't you don't like it to. Yeah. You know, it may happen a little bit for us. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're going to get you're going to get the best more often than not sure. this year. And sure. and that's part of how you grow. That's part of how you get to the point where the, the Eagles and the Patriots are now, especially the Patriots. They've been taking the best shot every team's had sure. for the last generation. And it feels like with with Sean McVay and how well he's done and how the defense is, you know, the defense has always been there, but the offense now complements it. You guys are as balanced as any team in the NFL. Yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was a good year, man. We ran the ball well, we threw the ball well, and played great defense. I think we had a turnover on the first drive of eight games this year defensively, and I don't think that's – I've never heard of that ever. So it's, it's, a, it's a good time to be a Ram and uh, a lot of exciting things in the future. Lots hopefully. of Rams games on the big screen at Buffalo Wild Wings. Tell us what that's you right, have going man. on it's, with it's, them. It's the ultimate fan experience for the Super Bowl. And, um, you know, if, if you can't make it to Buffalo Wild Wings, you can order them or call in buffalowildwings.com and – They've got 21 sauces and seasonings and get whatever you want. I'm a traditional mild guy, very plain, very normal. I like my ranch dressing on the side, but um, call in, get whatever you want. You try the hot stuff and, and learn that that's just not, you're not built for that or, or uh, uh, I've not tried interested? It. I've tried it. I just prefer mild where I don't have to, you know, drink a lot of water and I'm not yeah. like sweating. You yeah. know, my eyes don't hurt. Well, you made a lot of defensive sweat this year. See what I did there. Yeah, and like uh, we appreciate some of your time, Jared. Thank you, Mike. All the best going forward. And it's been great to watch because I remember when you were here two years ago, it's like, I'm going to keep an eye on this guy and see how he does. And there you go, first overall pick. And I know the first year it was kind of weird just because I felt like they were keeping you under wraps. Yep finally got a chance to play and I'm sure that helped you this year but this year the flourish came and we, we wish you all the best as you move forward with Thank your you. career. No, I appreciate it. Thank you. And that's it for this week of the PFTPM podcast here from the Mall of America heading back to West Virginia after the Super Bowl. We may not have a Monday edition because it's a travel day but we'll definitely be back on with you on Tuesday for another all new edition of the PFTPM podcast. I got the Patriots 30-27 to over the Eagles on Sunday. Either way, enjoy the game. 1pm Eastern is the commencement of coverage on NBC after the game we'll be on NBCSN for a post-game show and then bright and early on Monday morning from Minneapolis at an undisclosed location at least undisclosed to me because they haven't bothered to tell me yet we'll have PFT live with Chris Sims one more time before we head home enjoy the weekend and enjoy the game you can find the PFTPM podcast on Art19, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you like what you hear, and you will, subscribe for automatic downloads. Leave a rating and review. That'll help new listeners find our show and push us up the charts. Search PFTPM for your evening update from Pro Football Talk.